And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Kelly DiGiacomo. She has had an NDE as well as been a cardiac nurse who became interested in NDEs when many of her patients started crossing over. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. Well, thank you. All right. My audience loves to hear about near-death experiences. So can we start with yours? Sure. Um, Well, my earliest memory that I have was 60 years ago when I was two years old. Um, I have a memory of a place that I went to. And I don't know how I got there. And I didn't understand this memory for many, many, many years. And I never told anybody about it because I thought they would think I was crazy. So um, when I was two, um, my dad was a police officer and my mother was a homemaker and um, they had me. And I got very, very sick. Um, They don't know how, but I contracted hepatitis. And I became so ill that the doctors told my parents that I was going to die. And um, this is what my parents have told me. This is what this is the story that my mother told me and my dad and other relatives have confirmed this story to me. So um, my parents were pretty distraught that their two-year-old baby was going to die. And um, the doctors told them to just take me home and make me comfortable. Um, I was completely yellow with a very swollen belly, could not eat, could not drink. And the doctors said, just take her home and make her comfortable. She's going to die. So they took me home and my dad, like I said, he was a police officer and he worked the night shift and um, he was working a lot because he didn't want to be home and watch me die. So my mother was just with me at home and um, she was Catholic and she called the Carmelite nuns which um, I don't know if you know anything about the Carmelite nuns, but their ministry is praying for the sick. So she called the local order of the Carmelite nuns and asked them to pray for me. Uh, She said, my daughter is two years old and she's very, very sick and she's dying. Would you please pray for her? So they did. Apparently they prayed like around the clock, like in shifts, different nuns would take shifts praying for me around the clock nonstop. So my mother, this is the story that she told me. She was holding me and rocking me one night, and I was very, very sick. I was very weak, very lethargic. And she said she knew that I was dying. And at one point, I just kind of went limp in her arms, and I quit breathing. And right then, my mother called out to God and said, no, no, please don't take her. Please don't take my baby. And she said, after that, I kind of started breathing again and woke up a little bit. And 
um, she was just crying and praying and um, hoping that I would live. But so she decided to lay me down in my crib and go to bed for the night. And she told me that she was certain that she would wake up in the morning and find me dead. So she laid me down in my crib. My dad said um, at one point they even had to tie me in my crib, and which sounds very strange to me why you would have to tie a baby down in the crib. But he said, yeah, they, that they had to tie me down in the crib. And so, but at this point I was so weak and lethargic that my mother just laid me down and she went to bed. My dad was gone at work and um, she got up in the morning and my door was shut to my room and she could hear me in there talking and kind of playing and uh, so she was really surprised at that. And she opened the door and she saw me sitting up in my crib, totally looking normal. No more yellow, no more swollen belly. I was completely awake and alert. And she got me out of my crib and she said, I ate and I drank for like the first time in many days. And, um, she knew that I was completely healed. I looked completely fine. So to backtrack a little bit, when I had this memory, I'll tell you where I went and what happened to me. But um, my mother did not tell me this story for many years. And it wasn't until I heard that story and then some knowledge of NDEs and my patients that I've taken care of and kind of putting two and two together, that I finally was able to process what happened to me. So this is the memory that I have. And it's very, very vivid. It's not like a dream. It's never faded in 60 years from my memory at all. I don't know how I got there. I didn't go through a tunnel or anything like that that I can remember. But all of a sudden... I was walking in a place that was very, very bright white light. And I was wearing a diaper. That's all, nothing else. I was a toddler and I was just toddling along, walking in this place, looking around. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know much. I was only two. And I saw other people there and the floor looked like just shiny white marble, almost like marble tiles. And um, it was kind of misty there. This room, I was in a room, but I really couldn't see walls, but I knew that they were there. It was in an enclosed place and it was very bright white. And I don't know why I just kept walking forward. I saw other people there and then all of a sudden, I came up to these steps and there was a few steps going up. I didn't go up the steps, but I saw them and I looked up and there were two white thrones on the top of the steps and they looked identical. And these white thrones looked like they were cut out of pure marble They had real angular, 
you know, edges and everything, just um, armrests that came out, a plain seat, a short back, very square, angular looking seats. I call them thrones for a reason, but they were two identical chairs or seats, and they looked like they were cut out of pure white marble. Sitting on the thrones, as I looked ahead, to my right, I saw a man sitting there in a white robe. He had dark shoulder-length hair and a dark beard, almost black hair and a black beard. And he was huge. I don't know if he looked huge because I was a toddler, but he looked huge on this throne. And then to his right was another man sitting on the throne. He was also wearing a white robe. He had brown shoulder length hair and a brown beard. And he was looking right at me. The other figure was not looking at me. He was looking away at other people and he didn't look directly at me. And I looked at the other man and started walking up the steps going up to the thrones and he communicated to me not through words but through his mind he said that I could not stay there and I could not come up there and I didn't understand why I didn't know where I was I didn't really know who he was and I didn't know why I couldn't stay there and I wanted to stay there And he looked at me and then he spoke and he said, he pointed his right hand to his right and he said, go. And he told me to go back. And so I obeyed. I started walking to his right, walking out of this place. And that was the end of this memory. Well, So as a child, I always had this memory, but I never told anybody about it because I really didn't understand it. But when I got some religious training as a child and learned about God and Jesus, I knew that's who that was. I knew that it was God to my right and Jesus to my left. And I know that it was Jesus that spoke to me and told me that I could not stay there, and I had to go back. And, you know, he said it to me kind of sternly. And like a father would speak to a child that needed to obey. Like if your child's going to run in the street, and you don't want them to, you're not going to say it nicely. You're going to say, no, don't. You know, and so he did communicate to me that I was not going to stay there. I had to go back. So I don't remember how I got back. I don't remember any tunnel or anything like that. Um, And so I just kept this memory to myself. And it wasn't like other memories. And it wasn't like dreams that I had had. It was distinctly different. I mean, I'll forget a dream right away, 
but in 60 years, this memory has never once faded from me. And it's almost like I can still feel being there. And um, so I, at that, and for many, many years, I didn't even understand the room that I was in, but I understand now by reading the Bible and scripture, I believe I was in the throne room of God. And it talks about that in Revelation, um, you know, the great white throne uh, room judgment and um, things like that. So that's, I believe I was in heaven. I believe I was in the highest level of heaven. And um, so when my mother told me about when I was sick at age two, this was the same time. And my mother said that I stopped breathing. And um, so I thought, well, I'm going to research, you know, near-death experiences more. I actually started researching them about maybe 10 years ago. And um, I've heard a lot of similar stories, very familiar things. And um, there's a a lot of children have NDEs. And... um, Somebody wrote a book about it. I can't remember what her name is. Maybe Atwater uh, wrote a book about it. And um, a lot of my patients have described um, where they went after they were resuscitated. Um, I remember one man told me who had survived a heart attack and being resuscitated. And he told me that he went to heaven, told me a few things about that. And he looked so serious when he told me this. And he said that he saw the future, but he looked at me really serious. And he said, I'm not permitted to tell you about that part. And I said, oh, okay. Um, I had a patient many years ago who was dying. Her name was Mamie. And uh, she was, I'll never forget her. She was born blind. Um, had never had sight. And I was with her when she was dying. And she told me that she could see streets of gold. And she described heaven, what she was seeing. And um, I don't know how you can process that if you've been blind your whole life. But she was able to tell me about that. How old were you when your mother told you about you dying? Oh, gosh. Um I think I was about maybe 35. So you had already been working as a cardiac nurse when she told mm-hmm. you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you'd already experienced patients? Yes. It wasn't... Um, back then, I had never really heard of that. Um, outside of just a couple of Bible things, I had never really heard of that. And I didn't know anything about um, the whole NDE community. It wasn't something that anybody talked about. And then, you know, when the internet came around, that's when I think it kind of really exploded more. You know, I back then, I never even heard of Moody's book. How did you react the first time a patient told you that they had crossed over? Well, I wasn't really surprised because I was a Christian and I believe in heaven. And I also have this memory. And I know God is real. 
I know Jesus is real. I know all the stories in the Bible are real. And so it didn't shock me or surprise me. And I thought it was thrilling, fascinating, and I wanted to know more. Um, Yeah. And, you know, also, I had a lot of supernatural experiences when I was a child. And I'm an empath. And um, I don't know if I got that from my, you know, trip to heaven. Um, But I'm very, very, very intuitive. I'm an empath. And I have the gift of discernment. And I'm very open to supernatural experiences. And um, when I was 10 years old, I was visited by an angel. Never saw an angel before or after since, although I've wanted to. Uh, But the Bible is full of angel stories, full of them. And so when I saw this angel, what happened was I was, it was in the middle of the day. My mother was in the kitchen cooking. No one else was home. I was sitting on my bed in my bedroom and I was just coloring in a coloring book. Just a very normal day, normal activity for a 10 year old. And, um, you know, I haven't gone into this at all, but I was very, very abused as a child by my step parents. My parents got divorced shortly after um, I was sick and um, they remarried and I had very, very abusive step parents. And um, so I was I was a pretty sad child and I always prayed and asked God, you know, to help me and take me out of this situation with my step parents. Um, But anyways, I was sitting on my bed this one day, just coloring in a coloring book. And all of a sudden I looked up and my bed faced the doorway of my room. I looked up and standing in my doorway was a man who was at least 10 feet tall, somewhere between eight and 10 feet tall. He was so tall that he had to bend down under the doorframe to look at me. He was wearing a long white robe and he had a gold belt around his waist that looked like a rope and it was tied in a knot and it had tassels at the bottom and he had sandals on his feet. He had kind of blonde, kind of wavy hair about to his shoulders. He, Jeff, I'm telling you, he was the most beautiful creature I have ever seen in my entire life. He was mesmerizing. He had beautiful blue eyes There was nothing imperfect on him, not a spot or a wrinkle. And he had the kindest eyes. And I mean, I was pretty scared. I mean, I was pretty much speechless. I was so surprised to see this. I had never seen anything like this before, but I knew he was an angel. He didn't have wings. I didn't see any wings, but I knew he was an angel He didn't speak to me. He didn't say a word. He just smiled at me and looked at me. with so much love. I can't even describe to you the amount of love that I felt from him. And 
It's just not any type of love that we have on this earth. The closest thing that I could equate it with is when you're a child and your parent hugs you or tells you that they love you. There's nothing else that matches that. So, um, sorry. So, um, I was pretty frightened to see him, but yet I was in awe of him. I didn't, um, I didn't speak to him. He didn't speak to me. And then he just disappeared. So, again, I did not tell anybody about this. I didn't tell my mother. Didn't tell anybody. When you grow up in an abusive home, you learn to kind of keep secrets. And you don't, you don't tell a lot of things. So, um, I, I don't know why he came to me. Um, and I don't know why he didn't speak to me. I wish he would have. And um, I think that the reason why he came to me was to reassure me that, number one, I was loved and that I'm being watched over and um, that I was being protected. And also to build my faith, to increase my faith. Do you think it was an archangel? I don't know, because I, I kind of think of archangels as being very powerful and um, almost like warriors. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. I don't know what you've heard maybe from other guests, but um, I would think an archangel would be Maybe a little bit different. Maybe a little bit more fearsome. I don't know. Do you think he was taller and or bigger than Jesus or God? Um, no. No. When I saw God and Jesus, and by the way, I believe in the Trinity and that they're all one. But for some reason, I was allowed to see them separately. Um, but no, they were huge, very, very big. And the angel was eight to 10 feet tall. And if you ever notice, notice this, if you ever hear anybody talk about seeing an angel, the first thing they will always comment on is how tall they are. Did you ever speak to the doctors in the cardiac ward about NDEs? No. Did you not No. Oh, and that reminds me of a story that I will tell you. No. Um, doctors, for the most part, are not open to that at all. They will shut you down right away. And I never really had a relationship with any of the doctors where, you know, it was, you know, it was always professional. Um, but this one time, this was about in maybe 2013, 2012, 2013. We had just resuscitated a woman. Well, actually, we did CPR on this woman. Her daughter was present in the room. We did CPR on this woman for a while. And then they called the code 
and you know they we could not save her she passed so in that situation you know the doctors and everybody leaves the room and then the nurses are left to talk to the family and prepare the body and things like that um and so i was just kind of preparing the body a little bit and cleaning up and letting her daughter be there with her and i was in the room and i was doing some paperwork and stuff and all of a sudden this woman started breathing and woke up mm. and she had been dead for, I don't know, probably at least 15, 20 minutes. And so I, this is very rare. It's very rare. I've been doing cardiac nursing for many, many years and I can count probably on two fingers how many times this has happened. And, um, I was kind of startled and I went out and I told the doctors, I said, she's breathing. She's alive. And they were like, what? And they came in the room and they confirmed it. And the daughter was very happy and um, talking with her mother. She was talking normally, breathing normally. I wanted to ask her so bad, where did you go? Did you see anything? But I didn't because I didn't want to intrude on their time together, the daughter and the mother, and I wanted to respect them. But it was funny, the reaction of the doctors and the other staff, they just didn't want to talk about it. They acted like, oh, yeah, okay, well, whatever, this is normal. Yeah, right. And they did not want to talk about it. And I was like, this is amazing. So she, that woman lived a few more days after that, and then she did finally pass on. Can you recall... Any story that a patient told you that has had the most impact on you? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this story did not come from the patient. It came from a daughter. So I was in the room when this patient was dying, and it was expected. They knew he was going to die, and he was taking his last breaths. And he had a couple of his daughters in the room, and I went in there to do some things and check on him. And he did take his last breath at that moment. And I told the daughters, I said, I think he's gone. I think he's passed. And they were crying. And one daughter looked up into the corner of the room and she said, bye, dad. I love you. She saw him Mm. leave. So that was very amazing. What do you think inspires you the most about NDEs? Oh my gosh. I love to hear any NDEs where people have seen Jesus. I heard a statistic that only 6% of NDEers actually see or talk to Jesus. And I love it if they tell me that they saw angels or streets of gold. Many, many people see a tree that is like a really big tree that has some sort of significance. They see crystal clear water with jewels in the bottom. Um, Of course, uh, seeing their passed on loved ones Um, and describing the love that they feel when they get to heaven and the feeling that their body is perfect and they're not sick and how everybody seems to look about maybe 30 years old. 25 to 30 years old, nobody's, there are younger people there, but nobody's really old in heaven. 
So um, I just love hearing the similarities. And if anybody ever tells me that they had an NDE when they were a child, oh, that just intrigues me so much. And I did talk to a woman one time who, and this is kind of rare because I'm always looking for anybody that had a similar experience to mine and, and saw similar things to me. A lot of people have described being in a big white room. Um, but this one woman described to me the thrones. I didn't tell her what the thrones looked like. I said, yes, I saw God and Jesus sitting on two white thrones. And she said, did they have short backs? And did they look like they were carved out of out of marble? And I said, yes. And she said, were there only a few steps going up to those thrones? And I said, yes. She had an NDE as a child as well. I believe she was in the same exact place as me. Hmm. That's a nice confirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you Catholic like your mother was or is, or are you just um, non-denominational no. Christian? Or I was raised Catholic, but I left the Catholic Church at a young age. I was only about 20, and um, I'm non-denominational Christian. You could call me Pentecostal, but it's it's non-denominational. Some of my NDE guests um, feel like they have a purpose in life when they come back. And they may be even told that. Now, you weren't told that, but do you feel like you have a mission or a purpose? Yes. I am certain that I had my NDE experience and saw Jesus and also the angel. I am certain that I was sent here to love people and to tell them to love people. Love your neighbor as yourself, love people, forgive them, pray for them, be kind to them. It's very, very important to me to be kind to people. You said earlier that you're empathic. Do you think you got any other abilities? Definitely discernment. What do you mean by that? I have the gift of discernment um, with people. I can size someone up from across the room. I can see auras and um, it's really served me well. I, I'm a nurse manager and I have about 80 employees and I hire a lot of people all the time. I can tell over the phone when I call someone for an interview, if I'm going to hire them or not, I can tell immediately just by speaking to them for like a minute. And then when they come in and they sit down in my chair, I know already before they talk that I'm going to hire them. Hmm. I don't know how I know this, um, but I believe God puts people in my path for a reason. I rescue a lot of people from situations. And um, one thing that people always tell me at work is, Kelly, you hire the nicest people. And I just say, well, God brings them to me. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my, my mission, my purpose, to help people. That's great. Do you fear death at all? Not at all. Um, because I know as soon as my eyes close on this earth, I will be open them in heaven. 
you know, I think it's natural and normal for people to fear the dying process. That might not be very pleasant. But as soon as we open our eyes in heaven, all of that is gone. Are you 100% certain that our consciousness lives on forever? I do believe that. I believe we come from heaven. And it's our true home. And that's where we go when we die. And we don't really die. We live on forever. Why do you think we come here in the first place? To love people. To be kind to people. To learn how to forgive, how to love, how to be kind. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and chat with you or ask you questions. Are you open to that? And if so, how do they find you? Well, I suppose they could just message me on Facebook, friend me, just say, hey, I I saw you on Jeff's podcast, and I'll accept their friendship and talk to them. All right. Well, before we finish up here, do you have one last positive message that you can share with everybody? Just know that Jesus loves you more than you can ever know or understand. Um, He died for you. And if you know him and love him, you're going to go be with him one day. You will be in heaven. You will be in paradise. And it's going to be a glorious day. Kelly, thank you for that message. You're welcome. And thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you coming and sharing with us today. And I wish you you the best. Thank you. Same to you. And I love your shows. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.